I want to begin our scripture reading this morning, found in the book of uh, Ephesians, chapter 4, if you want to turn there. That's where we're going to read at first, uh, but we also need to go to the uh, book of 1 Kings, chapter 8. We're going to read in those two places to begin with this morning. Um, Again, so if you want to mark the book of 1 Kings, chapter 8, and then you can turn over to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4. Uh, we'll begin reading in those places, and First uh, Kings chapter uh, eight has some references to some other scripture that we'll get to here uh, in just a little bit. So again, Mark First Kings chapter eight, uh, and also turn over to the book of Ephesians chapter four. I want to read you one verse this morning, uh, Ephesians chapter four. It's the thirteenth verse. Ephesians four and verse thirteen says this. Till we all come in the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto a a measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This morning I want you to think about the fullness of Christ. The fullness of Christ. We're not talking about maybe a partial relationship or maybe some things. We want to talk about the fullness of these things this morning. So if, again, if you marked your Bibles, and I want to turn back into the uh, book of 1 Kings chapter 8. And I want to read to you, if I can, the ninth verse. There was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone. In other words, something is missing. Now we're going to read in, in, in a verse in Hebrews that tells you what should be there. But he's talking about what's missing in their life. So as I read the rest of this verse, I want to ask you something. It's a personal question. Is there anything missing in your life? The fullness of Christ. There's people that have bits and pieces. They've got religion. In other words, they know what the Bible says and they try to live by it, but they don't have that personal resurrected life with Jesus. Then there are those people today that that I truly have been saved, but they don't feast on him every day. In other words, these are people that, that, that they're out of church. They're not in fellowship with God. And there are those people that are out there today. So this morning, listen to this verse. He said, when we looked inside, there was only in the ark, it says, save only the two tables of stone. That was it. He says, which Moses put there in Horeb. And then the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel. Then they came out of the land of Egypt. So when we look inside, it says that all that was there was the table of stone. You don't have to turn over and read it, but I want to read you what's supposed to be in what they were looking for, what should be possessed there. So Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 4 says this. Which had the golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold. In other words, the ark of the covenant, what was inside of that? Wherein was the golden pot, it says, that had manna. So manna was supposed to be in there. Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. Now, I told you three things that were supposed to be in there. Now let's go back to 1 Kings and let's look at that ninth verse again. There was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone. The manna was missing and Aaron's rod was missing. 
I wonder today how many people have something missing in their life and they truly do not experience the fullness of Christ. This morning, I'm not saying that you cannot experience some of Jesus. But you know, I'm afraid there's a lot of people out there today that are truly missing out on an in-depth, thorough, full relationship with Jesus. Folks, it's one thing to be saved. It's one thing to be saved and in fellowship. It's one thing for God's Word, not just for saved and in fellowship, but God's Word applies to you in your life. There's all kinds of aspects of our life that we need all of these things. Book of 1 Kings talks about that there was something missing. So when Solomon's temple was completed, I'm going to go back to 1 Kings chapter 8 for just a minute. There was this great assembly that was going to gather together and they were going to talk about putting this ark inside of that. But the thing is, if they were going to have God or this ark inside of this, uh, th th this beautiful structure that they had built, it had to be done and it had to be done right. I want to know this morning how many people have a true fullness of Christ in their life. I say that in churches. I say that in homes. And I say that in our own personal lives how many of us truly experience the fullness of Christ? Notice what happened here is that, uh, that, that, that these scriptures, or excuse me, these words that we're reading here are telling us that there was the, the, the two tablets of stones that were there, but the manna was missing and Aaron's rod was missing. For notice what it said. There was nothing in the ark save two tables of stone. Go ahead and turn back to Exodus chapter 16 for just a minute. I want to look at the book of Exodus chapter 16 for a moment. We read quite a bit and we hear a lot about the manna that was provided by God for the people of Israel. Let me ask you something today. When I say the fullness of Christ, if there's something missing in your life, do you believe that God can supply what you're missing? Folks, today I believe with all within me that if there's something missing in your life that's keeping you from having the fullness of Christ, He can provide what you need. Jesus said, I am that bread of life. That's what He said. He didn't, he didn't declare that somebody else could have it or this person or that person. He says, I am. Well, you want to talk about the great I am that God refers to Himself as Jesus said, there's others out there. He said, but I am that bread of life. He said, anybody that eats and partakes of me, he says, you'll never hunger again. He said, I can supply your needs. When we talk about the fullness of Christ here this morning, he says that missing inside of this ark was, all that was there was the stones and they were missing the manna that was there. So Exodus chapter 16, I want to skip down to about the 16th verse for just a minute. And this manna that we want to look at for just a little bit, it's the living word being Christ and it's the word, the written word that we need in our life. I, don't, I hope that you understand this. Folks, we need a relationship with Jesus and I'm going to say this, we need a relationship with the word of God. There's a lot of people that, that they want a relationship with Jesus but the word of God is not going to apply to them in their life. If you want to enjoy the fullness of Christ, not only are we saved people, we are saved people abiding by his word. I'm going to say that again. The fullness of Christ is not only being saved, but it's saved and abiding by the words of God. 
Some people get saved and just say, well, that's all I've got to do. I've got my ticket to heaven. And you know what? I will believe in that and I will amen that. If you are saved, you are going to heaven. But you're missing out on the fullness of Christ. Fullness of Christ means that you've got to have that manna inside of that. We know that Jesus in that in, uh, it says, in our model prayer says, give us this day our daily bread. Let me ask you this. Do you only need Jesus on Sunday morning from about 10 to 12? I hope there's not a person here that says, Preacher, that's all I need. Folks, I need Him daily. I need Jesus every day of my life. And you know what I can stand up this morning and I can excitingly tell you is that God provides my needs every single day. The fullness of Christ is not for Sunday morning on the beautiful Sabbath day. The fullness of Christ is He gives us what we need on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Folks, whatever your needs are and whatever the hour is, God can supply your needs. And when we talk about this manna, let's talk about that. God gave the, in the people here that, uh, that, that He told them what they should do every day, the people of Israel, while they were in the wilderness. He said, I'm going to supply your manna he said, but when I supplied, he said, there's some stipulations to this. Notice what happened. Of all the things that we, we, we have mentioned, it says in the 16th verse, this is the thing that the Lord hath commanded. Boy, that, do you believe in suggestions and do you believe in commandments? You know, a lot of people think that these are suggestions. <laughs> no, he says, I'm telling you, if you want to enjoy the fullness of Christ, this is what you have to do. Listen to what he said. He said in that 16th verse there, Gather of it every man according to his eating. And it says that they gathered it every morning. I want you to notice something about these scriptures here in that 16th and even that 21st verse uh, there of, of Exodus chapter 16 that in both of those places it talks about how that every man had to do it as he said, according to his eating. So, what is he talking about there? Every person has a need in their life for this manna. Is there anybody this morning, and I, if you want to tell me, I'll listen, but I don't believe it. Is there anybody in this world that doesn't need Jesus in their life? Folks, everybody does. These children that are growing up and they're young and they're innocent right now, they need Jesus, they just don't know it yet. There will come a day that God's Spirit will reveal unto them their lost condition. And I pray that they would see that there is manna that was sent by God. You know where the manna came from? You know, they said, what is this? And, and where did it come from? God said, it came from heaven. Aren't you glad today that our needs are not coming from the earth? They come down out of heaven to this earth. What did Jesus do? We know that at the very core of what we believe. We believe that God sent His only begotten Son, Jesus. He left heaven and He came down to this earth to live and to die for you and for me. I'm glad today, this morning, that I can stand in front of you and tell you this. That I believe that God can supply every person's need. Well, a lot of people oh, may not want to agree with that. That's not everybody uh, can be saved. Folks, not everybody's going to be saved, but I believe that everybody has uh, the same rights and privileges and opportunities, I might even say, to get saved. If God is convicting, they can be saved if they would just heed that still, small voice of God. And all of a sudden, he tells them there, he says, that gather it every man according to his eating. And, it's, and he said there in that 16th chapter, he said, gather it every man. Do you notice an exemption there? Every man but so-and-so sitting at shallow church on 
April the 3rd of 2022. No, that's not what he said. He said, gather it every man. Folks, I still am going to say this again. I believe that every person needs Jesus in their life. And I'm going to go on further than that. I believe that people need the fullness of Christ in their life. How many people are going through this life and they've got some of these things, but they don't have the fullness of it? You see, today he talks about in this manner, he says, he says, uh, nobody's exempt. He says, gather it every man. And he says also in that fourth verse there, that 16th chapter, he says they are to do it every day, except on the Sabbath day. Now, he said, we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. But he says, you've got to do it and you've got to do it every single day. My fear is people are not experiencing the fullness of Christ and one of those hindrances could be they feel like Sunday morning fill up from 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock is all they need. Folks, we need Jesus all the time, don't we? We need to stay plugged into Him every day of every hour. We've got to plug into Him. And I don't know if I should use that phrase, but I did. We need to plug into Him and get acquainted with Him, connected with Him, relationship with Him, and enjoy the fullness of Him. And here it talks about how that he says, he says, gather it every man according to his eating, an, o- an omer for every man. People come to church on Sunday morning and they can get excited about the Lord. There are people, that you, they testify of the Lord on Sunday morning, but I, and I keep using this timetable. Do you think God's only going to give you a testimony on Sunday morning from about 10 o'clock to 12 o'clock? Or is that testimony good for a Tuesday night? Is your testimony good for Thursday morning at 9.03 in the morning? Is your testimony good enough on Saturday afternoon at 5.12 in the afternoon if God opens up a door for you to be a witness? Is your testimony only good for a certain time? He said, no, it's good every single day. What God gives you is good every single day. Aren't you glad that God doesn't have office hours? Times that we can go to Him and say, well, God says, I'm busy, I'm closed. Folks, whenever we need that, He said, I will supply their needs. He said, according, they're gathered every man according to his eating, an omer for every man. Uh, an omer, that's probably about, I don't know, two quarts. It was not too much for them to eat, but it was enough to satisfy them. Let me ask you this. Do you believe that God gives you enough to satisfy a soul that is lost and needs to be saved? Or do you think He leaves you a little bit short? <laughs> Ah, folks, I believe that when God saves your soul, He will satisfy your needs. And that's what happened. He said, when you go out, He says, every man, He says, an omer for every man. Skip down to about the 20th verse right there of the book of Exodus for just a minute, the 16th chapter. Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto Moses. Well, they're going to disobey. Here comes another scenario again. God says, I provided for you. Moses is giving instruction on what they should do. But there's some people that's going to say, thanks, but no thanks. Do you think there's people turning away the words of God today? Absolutely do I believe in that. Do you believe that God has sent heaven down to them, right there in front of them for them to take? He's convicted their heart. He's drawn them. He's speaking. And man, their heart's just about to beat out of their chest. And they're troubled. And they're heavy hearted. And they're really stirred inside of them. But they're just going to do exactly what happened there in that 20th verse. Notwithstanding, they hearken not unto Moses. But some of them left it until the morning. So they're not going to listen to Moses. They're not going to do what Moses has to say. Well... Let's rephrase that. God had to say it through Moses. So you know what people wanted to do? They wanted to take the ways of God and say, let's change this up a little bit. I will tell you what I, I, I have a deep conviction about. Folks, if God has a plan, it is not our place to modify it. 
Soak that in for just a minute. If God has a plan, it has never been mankind's place to modify it. We're not coming up with an easier way or simpler way or uh, let's come up with a reduced way to do something. If God has a plan, Jesus said, I am the way. And there is no other. He said, the way, the truth, and the life. And he is that way. But when God sets a way and people says, here's, here's what happened. I'm going to pause that thought just a second. God said, here's your manna. Collect it every day. He says, don't try to save it for the next day. He said, it's going to spoil. They didn't want to hearken to him what they said there in that 20th verse. So they had unbelief in their life. Do you know why some people don't have the fullness of Christ? They truly don't have a belief in the power of God. This morning, you can have a relationship with God and be saved and truly not understand what that fullness of that relationship with Christ is all about. Do you truly ask God of all these things and, and lay it at his feet saying, God, here it is. Folks, we have the God that just speaks a universe into existence. A universe that we're still trying to discover today and, and we keep wrenching out and we get further and further and we realize there's still, there, there's still a life out there. I shouldn't say life. Uh, there's still a, an unknown space that is out there. And as they keep expanding these things, folks, God is already there. God created all of these things by simply speaking. Does anybody have anything you want to bring before God? You can enjoy the fullness of Christ when you do that. But, but notice what happens. They did not believe. And it says, but some of them left it until the morning and it bred worms. I want to give you a 2022 statement. Preacher, my life stinks. My life stinks. You know why? Because you're trying to eat manna that was meant for another time in your life and you've broke the commands of God and you're not eating it and doing it the way He wanted you to do it. You know, a lot of people don't want to admit that and understand that, but folks, if God lays out a plan, you can't just say, well, God, even though you said this, let's see if I can modify it to fit like this. And all of a sudden, notice what happened there. It says, uh, he says they left until the morning and it bred worms and stank. Well, that's a, uh, that's a pretty powerful understanding of what's going on in our world today. And, and in my life, I'll even say that myself. I take what God's given me today. I want it to kind of linger over till tomorrow. And then all of a sudden, it's not just in our life that stinks. It's our commandments to God that stinks. It's our, it's our commission to do it the way that God instructed for us. And all of a sudden it says, and things begin to stink. And Moses was wroth against them. I hope you'll hear me when I say this. Moses did not tolerate and Moses did not like sin. Folks, I give you a strong warning this morning. Do not get rocked in the cradle of sin and get comfortable with it. I know every night when I lay down at night, I just get frustrated thinking, Lord, I lost how many battles to sin? But you see, just because we succumb to sin doesn't mean that we become comfortable with it. It means we learn from it, we try to get stronger the next moment, and we try to make ourselves stronger. Moses was wroth, as he said there. He was wroth with them. Moses was a little bit upset, or wroth, as he said. He was very disturbed that the people went against the commandments of God. Does it bother you today when people go against the Word of God? Instead of saying, well, the Word of God is outdated, let's try to get a little bit more modern. I hope that you all will, amen, or I don't say, you don't have to physically say it. I hope you all will agree with me this morning when I say this. The Word of God is not outdated. 
Word of God is still good today. And I believe that when this world is on fire, guess what? Still going to be standing. The Word of God is. The Word of God is not outdated. It's not, I know there's different versions that keep coming out. And that, that, that's another title for another day. But what I am saying is the Word of God is still relevant today. It's important for us today. When you talk about the fullness of Christ. It means that we take the Word of God all the day, every day, and we apply it to our life. That manna, it says, they opened up uh, and, and they looked inside and said all that was there was the tables of stone. The written word, the, the words is all that was there. You know, we have a lot of religious people that have those stones, but they don't have the manna. We're going to talk about Aaron's rod here in just a minute. But they, they have these things, but they're missing. And it says, and Moses was wroth. Here these people were. They got the manna. God said, now, don't, don't wait till tomorrow. Now, on the Sabbath was a different story. But all the other days, they would consume what they had. If they held it till the next day, they went out and it was spoiled and they couldn't put it in their hands. Let me think how to word this. Do you think people in this world are empty-handed? They're empty-handed. And the reason they're empty-handed is they did not do it the way that God said do it. They want to go out and pick up the, 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 the manna or they want to hold on to the manna and all of a sudden it's, it's decayed and it's spoiled. As a matter of fact, it, it says there and it says uh, it bred worms and stank and Moses was wroth against them. Preacher, that stinks. <laughs> you haven't got through the rest of the 16th chapter. Skip on over to the 31st verse. In the house of Israel, called the name thereof manna, which is to be interpreted what? In other words, I like this. Something happened to them that they couldn't explain. Has anybody here ever been saved that's ever had something happen to you? You just cannot explain. That's what happens. When you get saved, folks, there's just something in there you cannot explain. Yes, it's peace, and we put that to it. And, and some people talk about all these things. But you know, there, there's a time when God saves your soul there's not an artist that can paint a picture and there is not a poet that can write a poem that describes what happened that very instant you get saved. I don't know about anybody else, but I can tell you about getting saved ten times a day every day of my life and it just seems like I'm leaving something out. It's hard to describe what happened at that exact moment of time you got saved. And these people said, they were experiencing something that says what with a question mark? They were experiencing something they could not explain. I'm glad today that you and I right now, we can experience that bread of life and it's just one of those things we're like, man, what was that? What is that? That was peace. That was Jesus coming into your life and you're starting to begin the fullness of Christ. He's not just a person that we learn about in Sunday school. He's a person we have a relationship with. Oh, folks, we're starting to begin to understand what the fullness is. Don't just go through life with religion and the tables of the stone. Enjoy that manna, that relationship. Let Him supply your needs, not on Sunday morning, but every day let Him supply. For it said here in that 31st verse, it says, they saw this manna and it says, and the taste of it was like wafers made with honey. Man, there go them old... Christians over there, they, they just, their life is just as bland and there's no flavor to it. If you've ever had honey, it's sweet. It tastes good. 
It's just a natural way of having something sweet. I've learned if you take something, you want a little sweetener in it, put some honey in it. That honey has some flavor to it, folks. Jesus is not bland. He's sweet. It's just that God is not opposed to things that are good. He's opposed to things that that are good to the flesh, but against His will. He wants us to do what He provides for us. God said, I provided for you. This don't go somewhere else for it. I give it to you right here. And they said there that it was like wafers made of honey. They enjoyed that that God provided for them. But notice what he said right there in the book of, of 1 Kings. In that 8th chapter, he says that as they begin to open up, and they begin to look inside of there, and says there was nothing in the ark save the two tables of stone. I read to you Hebrews that said there was the golden pot of manna, and there was supposed to be Aaron's rod. And it says all that was in there was Just the tables of stone. Turn for just a minute. Back to the book of Numbers. Chapter 17. There was another article that was missing. And it was Aaron's rod that budded. 17th chapter of the book of Numbers. And notice what it says in the 10th verse. And the Lord said unto Moses, Bring Aaron's rod again before the testimony to be kept for a token against the rebels. And thou shalt quite take away their murmurings from me that they die not. What is this Aaron's rod? You see, there was a rod that was taken. You can go back and read beginning in the very first verse. I'm not going to read all of that. Um, but the second verse says, Speak to the children of Israel and take every one of them a rod. If you want to know the truth, in other words, we're going to take the 12. He said, if we're going to put somebody's name. The true, the true leader that God was going to pick to be the priest was going to come out of the Levi's tribe. Well, how do you know? People ask us all the time. How do you know what God's in and what God's will is? Out of all the things that are out there, how do you know which one? This is where it gets pretty good. All these other rods, they were just a stick cut out of a tree and they died. Matter of fact, I've got a, a, I use it kind of as a shepherd's staff at home, but it's a, it's a stick. It was cut off a tree, but I can tell you this, that stick's dead. <laughs> there's nothing blooming in it. It's there, but there's nothing blooming. There's no life in it. I think about all the people that are walking around today with a staff. It's dead. There's no life in them. Churches today seemingly are just, to me, dead. There's no life in them. He said, oh no, if you want to know something's of God, you're going to see it bud and there's going to be life inside of it. Folks, I want to tell you something I believe in. I believe if you've got the fullness of Christ in your life that you're going to be a living testimony and you're going to begin to produce things in your life. And it's not that we see numbers of things, but we just see life inside of us. And it's not our life that's inside of us. We're our old man's dead. It's the life of Christ that lives inside of us. He said, you take each one of these tribes and he said, you write a name on that. Every one of the house of their fathers He said, I want you to write the fathers of the 12 rods. He said, write every one of them. 
He said that this, the other tribes had their place. Don't get me wrong. What he's saying is, he said, when it comes to the tribe that I'm going to, uh, to, to, to give that life from, that, 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 that lineage of the priesthood, he said, I want you to know it's going to come from the Levites. He said, but I want to show you by life where, where God's hand is upon. You know what, Jesus, I'm going to go ahead and tell you this part. Jesus was the first fruits of them that slept. He was dead. Now, we're not talking about... Right now, you and I are experiencing springtime. Things have gone dormant. They're not dead. And I know sometimes even myself, I'll kind of refer to, you know, everything seems kind of dormant, but it's going to rise again. We're not talking about an almond rod or even a stick or a bark or some wood from an almond tree that was dormant. It was dead. Folks, Jesus was not near death in that tomb for three days. Folks, I believe he was dead. And I believe that there was absolutely no life in him. And Jesus didn't just get real close to death and rise again. I believe he was dead and I believe he came out of that tomb. You see, this morning, your soul is not just, uh, I don't know how to really word it, but it's not like your soul is just like, man, it's just almost lost its life. Folks, if you're in sin today, your soul is dead. But you know what? There's hope to that. There's a rod that can bloom. And you know what was missing in that first Kings that we read to you there? The fullness of Christ. Do you know what was missing? People had religion, but they didn't have the life of Christ inside of them. Folks, there's a lot of religious people today that don't have life inside of them. He said, you take a stick from all the twelve tribes. And he said in the third verse, And thou shalt write Aaron's name upon the rod of Levi. And one rod shall be for the head of the house of the fathers. And he said, I want you to lay them in the tabernacle of the congregation before the testimony where I will meet with you. Aren't you glad that Jesus will take you to life? Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit brings you to where Christ is and you find that life? He said, I'm going to bring it to you. Let's keep reading this here. But he talks about how that, that, that there's a rule of God that's going to come to them in their life. And he says, And thou shalt lay before the tabernacle of the congregation whereby I might meet with you. And it shall come to pass that the man's rod... Whom I shall choose shall blossom. You know what? I believe that there was, matter of fact, Jairus' daughter and, and, and even Lazarus himself were, was resurrected. But God said, he said, they were dead. He said, but I'm talking about resurrecting to never die again. He said, I'm going to let my hand be upon the one that's going to show you that that was the, the one sent by God. You know, there's people in the times of Jesus and still today, do not believe Jesus was God in the flesh. They do not believe He was the Messiah. But you know what? God's hand was upon Him and there was life inside of that rod. But let's keep reading here. Uh, and it says, uh, Whom I shall choose shall blossom. I will make to cease from me the murmuring of the children of Israel, whereby they murmur against thee. Well, one of the very first things that begins to bloom in that springtime is that almond tree begins to bloom. He's the first Fruits of them that slept. But he's not going to be the last. Notice what happened here. That this rod uh, began to bloom. Uh, and it began to resurrect, you might even say. And I don't want to say that it was, it was, it was dormant and then it, it resurrected. It was dead. And then it made alive. You know, there was a night many years ago. March 8th, he just went through a, a, a recent birthday of that. My old soul was dead and in trespasses and sin. And all of a sudden it began to bud. 
You know what? If we want the fullness of Christ in our life, we've got to be saved. You can't just have the Word of God and the laws of God, the commands of God in your life. Uh, you've got to have that daily bread from Him, that Jesus in your life. You've got to have that in your life where uh, you're, you're not dead, that you're alive again. And you know what? Today, I thank God that I've got Aaron's rod in my life. I've got that liveliness inside of me. And, and notice what he talks about here is that, uh, that, that there are these people today uh, that, that we're reading in 1 Kings that were living a life and they did not have have Aaron's rod in that. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let me read to you if I may. I believe it's down around the uh, 14th verse. If, and if Christ be not risen, then our preaching vain, and your faith also is vain. He said there's nothing there. Listen to the 17th verse. And if Christ be not risen, your faith is vain, and ye are yet in your sins. This morning, I want you to know something. I'm going to wind down and I'll close in just a minute. But aren't you glad today that we're not coming to church for no reason? That, that, that we can come to church to serve a risen Savior? That we've got an almond rod that is blooming and it's, it's Aaron's rod and it's alive. And it's all alive because of the lineage of the line that it came out of. Folks, Jesus was sent at the right time from the right way and He was sent here for the right purpose and that's to redeem us. Do we have... Not just the, the, the laws of God and Christ in our life, but do we have His demeanor? Do we have His, uh, do we have His kindness and compassion uh, for, for the eternal kingdom about us? And here in, in 1 Corinthians, he talks about how that, that, that if, if Christ be not raised, he said, then it's all in vain. Notice what he says. Uh, skip on down to about the 19th verse. If in this life only we have hope. This is 1 Corinthians 15. He says, we are of all men most miserable. Folks, without a resurrection, we don't have a hope in this life. But aren't you glad to know that we do have a hope? And that hope is going to be in Christ Jesus alone. Four. I'm going to go back and read to you there in Ephesians chapter 4. Notice what Paul is talking about the people of Ephesus here. That when we get in the Spirit, what changes about us? Till we all come in the unity of the faith. Now again, he's talking about how that we all come in the, 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 the unity of the faith. That means we're all united. Folks, you're not working against the Spirit of God. You're working with the Spirit of God. And it says, And of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man. Again, no, notice what he's talking about here. We come into the unity of faith with a perfect man until the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ. Preacher, there's just something missing in my life. You've been saved, but maybe, maybe you're, you're missing out that life coming out every day. Maybe you're, maybe you're trying to live your life and you're doing all these things, but uh, you, you need uh, some, some, some manna in your life. Maybe that's what you need in your life. I don't know what you need in your life, but I can tell you this, no matter what your needs, God can supply them. So today... I ask you, do you really know what the fullness of Christ is all about? I want us to, to get a song this morning. I'm, I'm finished. That's all I had on my heart.